It's Pantathon Week on the Big Sky Astrology Podcast. And for five big days in a row, we're bringing you special episodes that put the fun in fundraising, including the week's planetary news, a closer look at the moon, and five special guest astrologers, plus your chance to win prizes. People, so many prizes. And now, here's your host, astrologer and author, April Elliott Kent. Hello, invisible friend, April here. The date today is September 7th, 2022. Welcome to episode 141 of the Big Sky Astrology Podcast and day three of the third annual Big Sky Astrology Potathon. What is a potathon, you might well ask? This is the week each year when I bring you five daily episodes, complete this year with five very special guest astrologers. And not coincidentally, it's when I make my appeal for contributions, which help me cover the cost of producing the podcast all year long. You know, some podcasts are funded by Patreon accounts, which are great. This is a very similar process, except that I'm just focusing all my fundraising efforts on a single week of the year. First, I really do want to take a moment to say thank you to everyone who's shown support for the show over the past year. I absolutely couldn't make this podcast without you, and I truly appreciate your support. And because this podcast is audience-funded, of course, I hope to continue to earn your support for this year as well. Anyway, to encourage your contributions, here are this year's fantastic giveaways. First of all, everyone who donates $25 or more, as well as my ongoing monthly PodPal contributors, will be entered in a drawing to win one of these cool prizes. One grand prize winner will win a 90-minute reading with me. That's a $269 value. One lucky listener will win a 60-minute personal reading with me, a $210 value. Another lucky donor will win free enrollment in one of my upcoming courses, a $249 value. My intermediate class begins actually in late September, on September 24th, and my advanced class on progressions and transits will be starting again in February. And one more donor will receive a beautiful astrology poster donated by Patrick Blasa of the Elegant Universe. These beautiful posters with a bunch of astrology keywords and really helpful concepts are currently unavailable from his website, but we have an extra one that he donated last year, and it is gorgeous. Now, to be entered in the drawing, you need to make your donation of $25 or more no later than Monday, September 12th, 2022 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. But April, you say, I'm saving for my kids' college fund and to self-insure my dogs. What if I can't contribute that much? (laughs) Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm also inviting donors of only $10 or more to my special episodes for the equinoxes and solstices. My September equinox episode will be released on September 22nd, and it will give you a comprehensive look ahead at the upcoming three months. And just between you and me, I'm toying with the idea of doing that on YouTube. Now, I also want to say that I know not everyone can contribute financially at all, 
That's totally okay. I get it. Here are a few easy, free ways that you can help the podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe or follow the Big Sky Astrology podcast on your app of choice. This is hands down the very best way you can support the show and help it get discovered by other listeners. You could leave a five-star rating or write a nice review either on Apple Podcasts or on any of the platforms that allow comments. These really make my day. You can join the conversation on my website. Leave me a comment at BigSkyAstropod.com. Just click on whatever episode you'd like to comment on. You could also send me a listener question because, as you know, I usually will answer a listener question or give a little mini lesson at the end of each episode. And finally, recommend the show to an astrology-loving friend. Thank you for listening and for supporting this show in any way you can. And now for today's show. As long-time listeners know, Potathon is the week each year when I can really give the moon a little extra attention because there are days during a week when not a whole lot else is happening other than the moon changing signs or making aspects or going void, of course. The day's moon sign in particular describes the tempo and pace of the day and the way that we will cope with things emotionally. Today, the moon is in Aquarius coming off a couple of days of being in Capricorn, a sign which is a lot more business-like and a lot more pragmatic, a lot more keyed into just getting down to business. But when the moon goes into Aquarius, it's generally a day that's a lot more sociable. Aquarius moons are generally a bit more cheerful and a lot less emotionally fraught than some other moon sign days. Aquarius is able to get some distance from its feelings. So these days are like a little mini vacation each month for those who have the moon in more emotional signs or maybe in tough aspect. Today, the moon makes a sextile aspect to Jupiter at 6.45 a.m. So hit the ground running with a sense of adventure. Accept invitations from unexpected sources. And then the moon makes a trine to Mercury at 10.48 a.m. Pacific time. This is great time to have discussions about business or personal relationships. Coming off of the Capricorn moon, when everything was very geared toward business in particular, this is a good time to call on social contacts to help you with some projects that you may be thinking about approaching. The moon and Mercury are both in air signs, so these discussions can be dispassionate, focused on problem solving. Then the moon makes a trine aspect to Mars at 1.13 p.m. This is the time to act on our feelings. Now, I said already that this tends to be a little cooler moon sign emotionally speaking, so what does it mean to act on your feelings? I think it's a Common misconception that the moon in air signs, Gemini, Libra, or Aquarius, don't have feelings. And nothing could be further from the truth. But the sign that the moon is in talks about how we process 
our feelings. And the moon in Aquarius processes its feelings intellectually and through discussion with others. So acting on feelings means in this context, because Mars is about the action. So it's acting on what you have processed intellectually about your feelings, about what's going on inside of you. So that is the moon for the day. The moon is still in one of its waxing phases, which means that it is increasing in light and that it is a time when we feel the freshness of new beginnings. So it really is a wonderful day for acting on all kinds of things. Now, keeping in mind that we're still headed towards Mercury turning retrograde at the end of this week. So things don't necessarily go in a really straightforward way and exactly according to plan. But it is nevertheless a good time to start to initiate something. Well, as you know, this week I'm trying something new on the podcast by bringing you interviews with five wonderful astrologers. And I brought them on the show to talk about the moon and their particular specialties in the moon or their way of working with the moon. My guest today is Celeste Brooks of Astrology by Celeste. Celeste is the founder and principal astrologer at Astrology by Celeste LLC. Understanding her celestial design unlocked the mysteries of her personality, deepened her relationships with others, and provided a beacon for her life's purpose. Since living in sync with the celestial cycle, she says she's happier, healthier, and she manifested early retirement from her corporate career. Celeste feels a calling to guide others on their paths. Her offerings include personal readings cosmic business coaching, group events, and her moon mastery classes. Before transitioning into astrology as a full-time career, Celeste had a successful sales and marketing career at Fortune 500 companies spanning over 25 years. She has an undergraduate degree in integrative biology from UC Berkeley and an MBA from St. Mary's College. Here is our conversation. Celeste, I am so happy to welcome you to the Big Sky Astrology Podcast. It is such a pleasure to be here, April. Yay. I kind of feel as if you've been in the background of the podcast for a long time because you and I share this passion for the lunar phase family cycle. And you actually introduced Jen and I to it because we mentioned something on the podcast, you know, a year or two ago that somebody had asked about what is this two and a half year cycle of the moon? And we were puzzled. We couldn't figure it out. But you gave us the answer on the website. And ever since then, whenever I'm talking about the lunar phase family, I try to remember to shout you out because if it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't know anything about it. And I so appreciate the shout outs. It always tells me it was my pleasure. Well, why don't you, for the benefit of the people who do not know about this cycle, why don't you explain to folks a little bit about this lunar phase family cycle, what it is, how it works, and whether you're using it really in your work with people? Yeah. So to start, I'd like to point to the cycle that people are most familiar with, 
the monthly cycle of the moon and there are eight phases, but there are four phases that really connect with people. And the ones I really work with, I work with the main four phases where we have a new moon Mm -hmm. each month where the sun and the moon come together, whispering secrets to each other about what they want to create in our lives. And the sun is our conscious mind and the moon our subconscious. So And then about a week later, the moon pulls ahead of the sun 90 degrees and the two are in a square formation and it's during the waxing phase. And so you will feel yourself pushed to take action. It's called the crisis of action. And people, if you start to track it, you'll realize you start to make decisions around this point. So you set intentions at the new moon, you refine them at the first quarter moon. At the full moon, a week later, the sun and the moon are opposite each other as far apart as they can be. And it gives you like a full perspective. It's a time for celebration and releasing what no longer serves you. And then the moon starts to wane and it pulls 90 degrees again. And then it's a square to the sun again. But this is the last quarter phase. And it's time for you to like, what lessons did you learn over the cycle? And think about that. And you can still as well celebrate your achievements. But psychologically, we integrate the lessons that we've learned and we feel like a push to let go of things and disseminate and then start something new in another week when there's a new moon, typically in a new sign and stimulating another house in our chart, typically. So, yeah, there are these cycles of growth and decay that simulate life, what life is all about, and is about how we grow and change and evolve and whatnot. And so the 27-month cycle, it was discovered by Dietrich Pesson, an astrologer who wrote a great book called Lunar Shadows 3, that she noticed in these cycles that they were repeating on a larger scale. So there'll be a new moon at a certain point. And so for Let's talk about this cycle coming up on the full moon that we're going to be having. So the new moon was at 23 degrees of Pisces back in March of 2021. So then it's nine months later. These are called the lunar gestational cycle. So you can think about, you know, with pregnancy, that nine month Mm -hmm. time frame. And so a story will start in your life. Sometimes you're not conscious of it because it starts in the dark. And then, but nine months later, approximately, you give a week or two on either side, there'll be something that pops out, something that like a marker typically people can put in the ground at that nine month. So the moon will be in approximately the same position. So for this cycle, the sun was in Sagittarius and the moon in Pisces at 19 degrees. So almost at that same degree of the new moon. Mm-hmm. And then nine months later after that, there'll be a full moon where all is illuminated. And that's coming up this September 10th. The moon will be at 17 degrees Pisces, the sun at 17 degrees Virgo. So all is revealed. So it's really good to go back and look at these dates and see if you have a cycle that you can connect with, especially if you have planets or points around 16 to 24 degrees of Virgo, it may connect with you. And then nine months after that, there'll be a last quarter moon where the sun is in Gemini and the moon is 19 Pisces next June. So there are these 27 month cycles. 
where big things will evolve in your life. It's great for working with big projects. I use this larger cycle with my business from moving from corporate to cosmic. And mm-hmm. yeah, so hopefully I wasn't too wordy with that. <laughs> that was perfect. Okay. No, that's such a great explanation. And I feel like I talk about it pretty often, but I'll still get emails from people about what is this cycle and how are they connected? And I'm with you. What I like about it and find so valuable is it's great to follow the monthly cycle, the 28 day cycle. But to be honest, there's not a lot you can actually accomplish in 28 days. It's a really great cycle for initiating the idea and then working through it. But what I love about this cycle is it spreads it out and gives you time to actually accomplish something. You can do a lot in two and and a bit years, as you probably have in your, when did you make the segue from your corporate job to your life as a professional astrologer? Yeah, last May, 2021. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did you see how it fit into this? Yes. So part of the cycle was activating my Venus. So, Mm -hmm. and one of the cycles was an eclipse on my Venus. Oh, right. right Yeah. And so it's very related. And I have Venus in the 11th house Mm -hmm. and the 11th house is the money you make from the work you do as well as friends and groups and hopes and dreams and all of that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, really tied intimately into my chart when I was able to look back and see the cycle. And I've had sometimes people tell me to the day they recognize things. Like I had someone who it activated, I think it was her Jupiter and it was about moving. She moved every nine months and almost to the day with the cycle. Wow. Or like people with real estate transactions for big things. I'll see it come to light or relationships. Mm-hmm. I would say to people, really consider not marrying someone until you get to that 18 month mark, because people often meet, have new relationships at a new moon. Mm-hmm. Definitely not before that nine months where stuff is revealed. You know, you, you kind of know some stuff about them at nine months, but the quarter moon, the half moon, you only see part of the story. So if you wait till that 18 months, you'll really see all of the layers of the person. Although we, you know, we unfold over many, many years. But that is such a good insight, though, that you're only seeing half the story, because when you look at the sky, you're only seeing half of half of the moon. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if if we had the whole story, we might not act at all, (laughs) which is kind of what the first quarter wants us to do. It's like, we'll just do something. But don't do something that you can't undo, maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. at the first quarter moon, because you don't really have all the story. So, well, that's interesting. What I've been encouraging people to do in this little workshop that I have for a little workbook, rather, that I have for my subscribers is there's a little sheet at the back that gives those dates in that lunar phase cycle Mm because it comes out at the new moon. And I just invite people to journal about that and track it because you don't always remember every little nuance. So I think journaling about it, writing it down is so great. Yeah. What I do in my journal, I actually journal on my iPad because I can't read my handwriting, (laughs) but I demarcate each page with what was the moon phase. So was it a new moon in the degree, then first quarter, full and last quarter. So when you get 
to one of the the bigger cycles, you can go back and read and can see the connection from what was going on then to what's going on now. And I always pretty much, especially if it's activating something in my chart, see some kind of parallels to the story. That's a great idea. Yeah, we tend to forget to journal. A lot of us, I know I do. Are there any other ways that you're working with the moon that you find really, really helpful in your day-to-day life for yourself or in working with your clients? Yeah, so working with, as well as the moon phases, I mean, I'm just endlessly fascinated by the moon phases. And I talk a lot about astrology and action. So what's going on in the collective. And I do on my Instagram lives, I do a lot of talk about this. and so. Oftentimes, I will explain it to the moon cycles and show people these larger stories. But also just the transiting moon. I do what's called moon memos, where every time the moon changes signs, I do a little video on Instagram and TikTok to talk about what to expect for people. But I found it was life-changing to work with the transiting moon because it can help you plan your schedule and also just help you understand what's going on and your reactivity and how you're feeling. I find that when the moon is in fire, Aries, Leo, or Sagittarius, it's really important for people to get some exercise or move their chi or do something like that. And for myself, I learned when the moon's in Sagittarius answering to Jupiter, I have to really watch overindulgence, my self-indulgence. Ah, I'm yes. a Taurus sun <laughs> and cancer rising. So I like to enjoy my food and whatever. So that's something sure. for fire moon. And the earth moons, whether it's Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn, These are great times to like work and get stuff done. A Virgo moon, I get so much done, especially like if you have just tasks you put off because you don't really want to do them, they're mundane. That's the time to do the chop wood, carry water task. Capricorn, Mm -hmm. more like larger planning, I find. Yeah, the water moons, Cancer, Pisces, and Scorpio. I'm not as big of a fan For those, because I get a little bit more emotional and want to go internal and want to get a little quiet, especially Pisces moon. I never push myself at a Pisces moon if I can help it, because I just know I won't be as productive. Productivities for the earth moons Mm -hmm. and the air moons, Gemini, Libra and Aquarius are wonderful for connecting with others, for socializing. We're taping this during a Gemini moon. Oh, perfect. You may find just naturally you adapt to these cycles, but if you know what's coming up, you can do some pre-planning. It just helped me so much understanding why I was useless during the Pisces mood. (laughs) All of us have at least one moon sign that if we're paying attention, we know even without looking at the ephemeris, we know the moon is in that sign because we're dragging and we just want to be left alone and pull the covers of our heads. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Celeste. It's been delightful to reconnect with you. And tell us about the, I know you're teaching some classes. I know you're doing one in particular about the moon. Tell us about the classes and how people can get in touch with you and work with you. Yeah, so I am Astrology by Celeste everywhere. My website's astrologybycelest.com and you can go 
I do a lot on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. You're such the media maven. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like all over. Your Instagram is amazing. You, oh, you thank all have you. to, in particular, check out Celeste's Instagram account. Yeah, thank you. And I'm teaching, a, I call it my Moon Mastery Program. And I found it so life-changing to work with the moon that I created a signature course around it where I teach people about all things about the moon and to, you know, really understand and tap into your inner world and make the subconscious conscious, as well as learning astrology. And yeah, especially for people who want to use the moon cycles to affect change in their life or grow projects or whether it's write a book or start your own business or just improve relationships or whatever. Just understanding your moon, your children's moon, your partner's moons can really help people. So it's such a great introduction to astrology generally, isn't it? It is. It's a great way to start learning. And at whatever level you're at, there is something that you can learn uh, from working with the moon. How terrific. Yeah. So it's uh, there are two classes, Moon Mastery 101 and 201. They're each six weeks. And I'm teaching uh, four free webinars so that people can check them out. I call them my Moon Mastery webinars. Check them out, see if they like my teaching style and see if they want to learn more with me. You can find it at my Instagram. I mean, my website too. Well, great. Do you have a mailing list that people can sign up for at your website? Yes. Yes. And then they can probably get news about all this, I would imagine. Yeah, I have a setting intentions with the moon guide. You sign up and then you'll get all my information. You just told me that you're on your way to the ESAR conference in Colorado. Yes, I'm so excited about that. So excited to meet uh, meet my people in person (laughs) that I've been talking to for years. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. And are there any particular moon related lectures that you're excited about catching there? Yeah. So um, Michael Bryan is speaking about something about the moon phases in in mundane astrology. I'm taking an electional workshop with Wade Caves. And there are actually a couple other moon things that are on my schedule that I can't think of right now. But yeah, there's some great talks by all sorts of world-class astrologers there can't wait. It's a terrific conference. I was really disappointed to not be able to make it, but I'll rely on you to be my eyes and ears and give me a full report when you come back. I will. (laughs) will. All right. So let's thank you again so much. All the best with everything that you're doing. And I'm so delighted to introduce you to some of the Big Sky Astrology podcast listeners who may not have run across your work. Thank you so much, April. I love Big Sky Astrology and you and what you share. I've learned so much from you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Don't you love her? You really should check out Astrology by Celeste on Instagram. She is an incredibly warm, friendly person who just makes you feel better about things. Thanks again, Celeste, for coming on the show. Well, that is everything that I have on the show sheet for today. So I'm going to wrap this one up. Thanks so much for listening to the Big Sky Astrology podcast and for joining me for the third annual Podathon. This weekly podcast is audience funded, and your generous donations help me keep the podcast coming to you. To make your donation, please go to bigskyastropod.com. 
anyone who donates $10 or more will receive access to my upcoming Equinox and Solstice episodes, beginning with the September Equinox later this month. And if you donate $25 or more, you'll be automatically entered in my drawing for a chance to win a lovely astrology poster, a 90-minute reading with me, a 60-minute reading with me, or registration in one of my upcoming courses. Now, to be entered in the drawing, you need to make your donation of $25 or more no later than Monday, September 12th, 2022 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. Now, if you are a regular listener to the show, you know that I like to thank donors on the air, a couple at the end of each episode over the coming months. So if you don't want me to mention your name, please just email me at april at bigskyastrology.com and I promise I'll keep your lovely donation just between us. By the way, anyone who donates who thinks that I might have a struggle pronouncing your name, because this is a distinct possibility, please help me out with a phonetic spelling by email or just leave it on speakpipe.com forward slash bigskyastrology podcast. That is it for today. Join me again bright and early tomorrow morning for another episode in this Gallipodathon celebration when I'll be welcoming my guest, the delightful Margaret Gray, who will be chatting with me about the moon and relationships. Until then, keep your feet on the ground and your eyes on the stars. That's it for today. Don't forget to make your donation at BigSkyAstropod.com. And join us each Labor Day weekday for another very special episode of the Big Sky Astrology Podcast.